Welcome to Robot Friends, the podcast that actively harms its audience. Episode 3, Eigenrobot vs. Tau. Hey all, I'm here this morning with at Turbal Tau, um, who, I don't know, I just always call him Tau, um, noted noted Twitter persona and uh, generally great guy. And we are just going to shoot the breeze, although Tao's expertise is kind of um, kind of political. So I'm going to try and avoid actually having opinions about anything and uh, just kind of interrogate Tao on what he perceives to be the, the general state of affairs in, I don't know, politics, America, since it seems like things are happening that are kind of interesting. Um, Tao, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm, I'm doing good. Um, I, I also got to start off by saying, uh, you know, I've got a bit of cough that never goes away. So that might be a little bit annoying, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, your, your voice is like, kind of has like a deeper resonance to it today than, than it has in the past, which is good. I think really, maybe you should take up smoking. Yeah. I, I tested, I actually tested my, you know, stuff yesterday and I got psyched out at not liking my voice and so <laughs> um i had to avoid testing today because i knew i would just like psych out myself <laughs> and i wouldn't be willing to talk as much <laughs> which is no no probably, it's, you, it's, it's kind of funny uh, but yeah, yeah. no you've, you've got a great voice um so uh yeah i don't know how um how, how are you doing generally i haven't caught up with you in a while um it's it's not uh it's it's not good to complain too much when you're uh no complain complain yeah, but, man but, uh, if if feel like nothing so materially i'm fine um i'm i'm in a place where it's like lightly checked paycheck to paycheck but not like in the bad way but in the more like um like if i jumped income just a little bit i'd start having escape velocity you know i'd be able to pay off i don't know debt and stuff more easily uh, but I'm kind of just puttering around. I don't like that. Um, there's some big opportunity on the table that, um, you know, evaporated. And I'm kind of like stuck contemplating that I'm just going to have to do the stuff that everyone else has to do. Um, and uh, that's doesn't feel good because it's on a time scale, like on a medium time scale. That's like not, you know, it's harder for me to handle or something. Um, and uh, and you know, other things that I always complain about. Um, so it's, it just feels not good, but at the, at the same time, I don't really have anything to complain about. I'm, um, I'm, you know, my, I'm stably employed. Um, my living situation is good. Um, I don't know. I, nothing bad is going to happen to me. All the worst things have been taken off the table, uh, but I still feel, you know, like it sucks or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, like, it, it is kind of like that where occasionally I complain about things in my life, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, okay. So also every, everything's under lockdown and I've got a job and things are feeling kind of stable in my own life. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, I don't know that there is a certain, you know, I don't know, like a certain metaphysical element of like, you kind of had to realize that you are kind of like almost I don't want to say pretending, but because there's a, a certain way to describe that, that people get very uh, touchy about, but there is a certain angle where you're just kind of, it's maybe all in your head or arbitrary. And there's people that like, you know, their life sucks, but like they don't know it or something, or they're just having a great time. Um, and so you do have to just take stock. And I feel like a lot of times things aren't that bad, but you just have a disposition or you just, uh, you know, they're chasing the, you know, the treadmill um, and things get discounted and you just kind of preserve the same feeling anyways. Um, but I don't know. But yeah, I, I get what yeah. you Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. That's, that's an interesting, like, that's an interesting sort of philosophy. And would, would you say that it is something that people who are on the right should take to heart right now? Um, so, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like politics is a bit different than your life. Cause life is like life stuff. It's like, you know, 
there's some kind of status function going on. And it is possible if you rise above a certain income or status or whatever, things might actually, you might actually cross the line and feel a lot better. Like it, it doesn't feel correct to me to just like, you know, it, it seems true that for a lot of people, if they did cross that line, they would feel a lot better. And it's just not true that, you know, but, but politics, um, that's, that's a lot different because everyone's uh, participating in different amounts. Um, your whole world could feel bound up in it, even if you're not really involved in it. You're not a player in it, but it could still, I don't know, everyone is engaged a different amount and then their own views on it are different or how much it actually, I, I don't know. It, so, so with politics stuff, it's almost like... Uh, you know, comforting someone whose sports team lost, but it is important. It is bound up in, you know, world affairs with how history is going to unfold. It's, it's the most important thing, but at the same time, you're just like a normal person. And uh, so I, I don't know. I think speaking to that would be different than just like normal life stuff. Yeah. So, okay. So you're not willing to say that, that people on the right shouldn't despair at this point. Um, <clears throat> so what I would say is, what I would say is a lot of people are less, I don't want to say knowledgeable. They, they, they kind of, they're more like the libs that they don't like than they realize in the sense that they just started paying attention for the first time with Trump, just like everyone else. And even though they might've had the jump on it by six months or a year at most, they still, that doesn't really, for certain things, it doesn't count for much. And a lot of people were coming into this with like expectations that didn't really match what the, you know, limited, limited office of the presidency can accomplish. Um, and the fact that sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but yes, things are like, you know, escalating more things are on the table. That's true. But um, I think even just going into it, people didn't like, like they'd be shocked at things they shouldn't have been shocked at or they didn't realize certain things were like, they weren't paying attention to the right things or like, um, so I think part of it is like, not, not realizing that this is losing at some point is part of this. And if they didn't lose this presidential election within the decade, they'd lose a, or a decade or two, they'd lose a presidential election. It would be important. Um, it's not, that's like, that's just part of it. And it's, it's always important, but it's, it, it, we're not, we're not at the point where you can just comfortably say, Oh, we got the next few decades. It's not, that's not where we're at. And um, it's still within, I don't know. The game is still on. I don't know. They, they, I feel like people, they're throwing their controller <laughs> on the ground and, you know, screaming out. Uh, but uh I don't know. I, I, my worry was if it played like this, that the cons the establishment within the GOP would uh, be way better at uh, reclaiming their party. But by judging how it's played out, it seems more like um, Trump has plausibly convinced his own base that you know there were shenanigans enough that I think he's successfully permanently pivoted the party and open them up. Um, what, what they do with that is up to them, but they, you know, definitely on the presidential level, things are opened up. And I think they, they basically won against the establishment and things are on their side. It could still get fucked up. They could still, you know, but it, it, things are looking really good. Um, I'm sorry. I'm talking so long, but uh, uh, there's, you know, Ron DeSantis. Um, he's, He's the governor of Florida before Corona had a 70% approval rating. He won a very, very tight election and went on to have that approval rating. So he knows how to win very tight elections and move on to like have accomplishments, win over the normal people. He's boring in a good way. Um, and uh, all the normal conservatives are on board with this guy. Uh, they're, they're all like, we, they'd all say, you know, that we're willing to, you know, go with this guy. And he has like, you know, he, he's done the most anti-immigration stuff, all the stuff the MAGA, MAGA people care about. He's the most solid on it. 
but for some reason he's someone everyone could agree on. I think it's looking really good for him. If they end up with this guy, things are looking really good going forward. Still, you know, they're going to win the House back, the Senate back. It's it's not over, over, but yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's actually like go back a little bit and and sure, sort of contextualize sorry. all of that. No, 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 for sure. So like, um, I don't know. People people talk about Trump like he was this this first meme president, and I'm not entirely sure that's true. As as an old person online, I mean, sure. Like in 2008, Obama really struck me as, or at least in retrospect, strikes me as somebody who had a pretty strong online movement. And and even back then, I remember seeing Obama memes floating around on on whatever platform I was on, you know. And you know, and and after him, there there of course was Ron Paul, who who was you know, incredibly aggressively mimetic. And there was that very large, you know, (laughs) everybody online was a libertarian and people were freaking out about that. I think not like they were about Trump, but, you know, there was a very strong anti-establishment thing that that came with Paul. And so, you know, you say that maybe the, the scene that you were, I think, pretty involved with, especially in 2016 and probably continuing today that was was pretty Trump adjacent um, or, or like pro Trump or I'll let you characterize that. Um, you know, you, you say that they got into it like six months before everybody else. It almost feels to me like kind of a, an evolution of what was happening with, with Paul in particular, although I mean, maybe not directly connected with it. I mean, I mean, I don't know how many people who are pro Trump grew out of, grew out of, grew out of isn't quite the right word, but maybe we're Ron Paul alumni. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, uh, and, you know, obviously I'm not, when I'm saying that, I'm not speaking <laughs> as if that's applicable to like everyone. There's some people that are just like been around for forever, obviously, or they've, they've been paying attention to politics or they have their own, you know, you know, they deserve respect, but I just feel like, well, I'm not sure mar- about that. <laughs> uh, well, well, I mean, as in, as, as a political spectator, um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but the marginal person, I'm going to, bet that they bar- barely started paying attention along with everyone else. But um, I, I I don't think either the significant part of Trump was that he was so memeable necessarily either, even though that's what made it exciting. Um, I think he was, I think fractally it, it was such a show. He was putting on such a show. Um, yeah. But it wasn't just for us uh, or for the meme people. I, I think it was everywhere you look, it was the show. Um, so, um, I, I, I wouldn't say he was that that's the crucial thing either. You know? Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, you know, I, I myself, you know, I live, I live in Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Um, mo- most of my family is fairly, you know, either they, they spent a spectrum from being active people who participate in Antifa actions and have for like a decade to, you know, pretty boring establishment left people. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a good perspective on what, what Trump's followers are like, um, it, except that, you know, you see, I, I think there's a very large rural, rural contingent that he inherited from a lot of the, perhaps the religious right in particular. But it seems to me that a lot of people who you know, I would associate with maybe your part of Twitter are are different than that in some way and are more active in, say, like pushing Trump memes or, you know, historically pushing Trump memes. But um, what how, how would you describe your role in in sort of the the like pro Trump area? I mean, it seems like there aren't nearly as many of you, but do you think you have a lot of influence or, or are you more spectators? Um, so there's. Okay, so I'll start with, you know, uh, I, there's this Kefi tweet that's uh, very funny that I always think about. Um, and she, it's something to the effect of, like, it was around when, like, they were joking that he's going to nuke a hurricane. And he probably did ask about it, but whatever. But, uh, it, it, he, you know, Kefi is saying, you know, uh, it, it might not have even been that, but it was something to that effect, something like that. You know, hey, twi- hey friends on Twitter, you know, should I nuke this hurricane? No. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I won't, uh, but I'll check back in next time, you know, and like, or something like that, but like, just kind of like this, like 
playful, like, should I? Like, and I think there is some kind of feedback going on, but it's probably stronger with the people that show up to his rallies. He's yeah. like, test, he's, he's like almost like a comedian, like testing his, you know, he's workshopping his material and he's like, Whoa, that really killed. And he's feeling it out. Um, there was a tweet um, that uh, was pointed out recently. Um, <laughs> that was really, really interesting. And it was um, Trump like commenting on, the McCain primary and he only got like six faves on this tweet, Donald Trump's actual account. Um, and he, wow. he's commenting on it saying, wow, you know, it's like a town hall within the GOP. And there's, he said, he says, wow, they're really grilling him over this immigration thing. You know, um, it's like the first, it's basically the point where the gears are turning in his head. Um, so uh-huh. I think, I, I think he has this angle that's more, you know, open to feedback, open to being convinced, uh, open to what people say. He'll say he'll he'll kind of like propose something and see how people react. Um, and uh, uh, so there's an angle like that. But I also don't want to overstate that, like, you know, people are being heard for the first time or, you know, something like that or like that. The mean people are being, you know, but, uh, you know, there's there's some kind of feedback loop a little bit you know the tucker carlson is definitely like just lifting certain people's tweets um every once in a while uh, there so and then you know, oh i think then, i saw that yeah yeah, yeah and then, then trump is kind of you know listening to carlson a, a certain amount so i don't know so it's not it's not that there's no feedback i think there's more feedback than what we're used to um but i think that's what used to be normal in politics this amount of feedback um but i think it's more that I think it's not, I think it's more random than that. It's not, I don't know. I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah, no, 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 no. It makes sense. I mean, like there, there's this, it feels like there's a lot that's downstream of where we sit. Like, you know, for example, there, I mean, it was just straight up true that for a long time, a lot of very prominent columnists just lifted ideas directly from slate star codex you know everybody yes. read scott and occasionally they linked to him and and sometimes they just straight up lifted his ideas but you know a lot not a lot of i mean people didn't wake up in the morning you know it, it wasn't like tens of millions of americans woke up in the morning and, and read slate star codex but yeah people would read it and then there, there was just sort of a um i mean just a cascade where a few prominent people would read it reproduce the ideas and then you know, suddenly it was sort of in the mainstream. And yeah. I actually see Scott as having more of an influence on discourse in in the United States, really, than, than he really gets credit for. I, sure, I, yeah. I think that's waned a little bit in the last year just because he hasn't been writing so much. But I mean, that, that's certainly been my impression. And I could see something similar happening with, um, with right-wing Twitter, you know? I, I mean, I, I, well, I, and 4chan, of course. It, it, in absolute terms, I don't know how much they budge Trump. They, they would probably say like, you know, they're probably upset that they didn't influence him more. But at the same time, look, he's like, he's an, he's so old. His brain is rotted. Like you watch how he was. on. (laughs) No, I'm serious. Like if you watch how he was, if you watch how he was on these, these political talk shows, they, they would say supposedly that he was their favorite guest. He read all the papers, knew all the, and he knew how to be like, kind of controversial and tease but like not too much and he would carry the show and he was the guy they would call when they like didn't have any guests and they needed to put on a show um yeah and he could run circles around the media cycle and just like just like nothing so his his brain is rotted he's old and in his in his mind he's like been doing this so long that he can kind of feel like i can kind of wing it or like and be fine mostly or like, I don't have to know every little thing, you know, yeah. I, I've got the fundamentals. I can kind of eyeball it and just kind of, and, and ends up, he ends up being right. And people mistake that for like, oh, well, if you just wing it, it's better. But he, he had like a long life of having been, you know, in the thick of it for fun, um, just like on the side, like, like, like kind of like what people on Twitter do like every day reading the news and on oh, jokes, 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 like he was doing that just for no reason without. Twitter. Yeah. Um, so 
it, it, but at the same time, even given all that, he probably doesn't read things anymore. He he's like um, he, and he's kind of just trying to wing it. So he's not going to really hear about stuff from Twitter. Like he has staff, and like they're kind of trying to protect him from certain influences. And there's all this stuff, you know, and uh, and he he probably it filters through what he watches and what people tell him, but he's not. Like he he understands Twitter in some fundamental way, but he's not, you know, as savvy as that. Like if he was younger, maybe he'd have an angle that he could kind of like, you know, could tell what accounts are saying, you know, and that that angle of him that's like, oh, people are saying, oh, like he could, you know, really wing that. But he, he I don't know, he's <laughs> you got a Twitter account, you got like millions of people following you or whatever the number is. Like it's it's no, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's it's interesting. I mean, it just had never quite occurred to me that until until we were talking that there might be kind of a similar cascade that that works out. Where, I mean, I would almost identify. I could I could see it being something like right wing shit posters, you know, flowing down to Tucker Carlson staffers, flowing to Tucker Carlson, like which then you know directly to Trump's ears. So, um, okay, so I wonder if. What what do you think overall? Like, what's what's your final view of the the Trump presidency? I mean, you you made a pitch before the election in twenty twenty for why it made sense to vote for Trump. That I, I thought was actually, I, I mean, you know, I didn't vote, but if I had voted, yeah, I mean, I just straight up wasn't going to vote. But I mean, I, I thought that was probably the most compelling pro Trump case that could be made. Um, do you? But okay, so so he lost. So what's what's your overall view of how his presidency went? And like, are you happy with it? Are you dissatisfied? Like, do you think it was a success in some sense? Um, okay, so I'll give my, I guess, two rants here. Um, so just the, yeah. tr- explain the Trump rant and then just the, the short, you know, summing up his wins. Um, because <coughs> people are, I don't know, I feel like people really enjoy being, I don't know, performatively catastrophic. Um, uh, but so I'll start with, with his wins. I guess that's quicker. Um, uh, so normally a president has like a few big things and they're doing a lot of little smaller things, but they have a few big things they want to do. And you got to kind of judge them on that. They, they've only got so much attention, so much staff. Um, they're not the Congress. They have a lot of say, and they kind of like, you know, can manage the the tempo and stuff like that, but there's only so much they can do. So, like, if you think about Obama, his big thing was Obamacare, right? But if oh. you actually pay attention to who he hired, how he rolled it out, it kind, in my opinion, it kind of sucks. It wasn't really decisive. He didn't even really get what he wanted. Um, he would have, like, if he like legalized weed instead or something, he would have been like popular. It would have like done what would have happened anyway he could just i don't know but but he he was dead set on the healthcare thing um the rollout kind of sucked the the website sucked they bombed it it was <laughs> the catastrophe website, i forgot about that <laughs> yeah and and silicon valley had to step in and say we'll do it for you and make this work you know um and uh you know compared to the trump corona thing i think like as soon as he's out of office now all of a sudden you know i've seen things they're volunteering to help with stuff or I, I don't even remember the details anymore, but there's a lot of things where all of a sudden they're like, Oh, now that we don't have to worry about it anymore, actually the vaccine works or like, Oh, uh, now that like, you know, but whatever anyways. So uh, on his own, that sucked his foreign policy. I don't think it was very good. Um, he, 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 he made Syria worse and didn't really satisfy anyone. He ruined Libya, you know, the slave markets now, um, well, all- would you really put that on him? I mean, he didn't do the Libya intervention. That was Obama. I'm I'm summarizing Obama. Oh, you're summarizing I'm about still, okay, I'm, cool. I'm, 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 right, as cool. a comparative. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Sorry. No, I yeah, I drifted. Yeah, yeah. Go. <laughs> so, you know, if, if you if you look by those things, and then his big diplomacy thing was Iran, and I understand the logic with wanting to peel off Iran, but the the way they did it was they just gave them like bundles and pallets of cash 
and just gave them all their spies back. And if Trump did that with North Korea, like everyone complains because he went to talk with them. But if he gave them pallets of cash and just gave away all their spies, like that would not be okay. Like it, and, and um, so even his main foreign policy thing, it, it it's understandable, but their performance was pretty mediocre. It, it pretty much sucked. The media people liked them. So you weren't going to hear about that or get a good, like, you know, non like, uh, you know, just just critique on that that feels like not Republican or anything. But I feel like it's not weird to just kind of look at his presidency and say it wasn't really that good. But so if you take Trump, <coughs> you know, the big things he wanted, um, you know, immigration, trade, China. Um, I, I don't know if I can give him credit for everyone's mood shift on China, but it feels like it he you know helped that along and it feels like it happened spontaneously or as spontaneously as that kind of thing can happen uh there's certain people that are like you know skeptics on the china hawk stuff and they act like the media has been pumping this up and like they wanted this this whole time and they're just getting what they want actually but i don't really buy that if you look at how the opm hack opm hack was reported they kind of softball it, especially if you can compare it to the Russia stuff. Even with no media play, people's mood has shifted, and I think it's on their own. And they're the the oh the elites or whatever you want to call it. They're kind of having to manage this spontaneous shift. But nevertheless, he had a part to play in this. Now everyone has shifted on China permanently, or not permanently, but you know for you know the next yeah. stage of whatever this is. Uh, on trade, he, he he got the bill he wanted. He renegotiated a NAFTA. That's something I think Obama ran on and didn't do anything with. Um, it's something did he that really? gets, uh, suppo- I think he it wasn't like one of his main things, but he did. I think he mentioned it at least a few times. But it's something that huh. got a lot of a lot of people talked about it. But you know, he did pass that. Even the Democrats say it was a good bill. I don't know. Um, and uh, immigration. Um, I, I think with the refugees, he got a lower number by the end, but there was still illegal immigration and he didn't get the wall. But just, you know, the Congress kind of wasn't cooperating with him there. And he did get just from raw diplomacy, lower immigration, just from getting countries to agree to this scheme of his, which is pretty impressive just with talking with people pull that off i don't know so he made a big difference just all by himself um just the office of the presidency without even passing a law uh so um i feel like those are his big three things his trade team was really good like geyser whatever Uh, it seemed like he was hiring good people for the things he cared about as far as accomplishing those things at, at least compared to how obama did um, and uh, but everything else he didn't really care about, and he just hired random people. So if you just take like some random department that probably doesn't matter, he just probably hired some crony or something. And then it probably, but it, but it also probably didn't really matter. And uh, you know, Obama, I don't know, he put people as a diplomat to this country, and they're the one, their biggest donor from this state, or like he he did stuff like that too. Oh, everybody does um, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I'm I'm sure Trump maybe did it more. But it seems like he did it because he didn't really care. And he just was like, okay, fine, you know, here, here, okay, go away. Um, And a lot of these departments don't, in my opinion, at least don't really matter. But I'm sure someone, you know, knowledgeable and motivated could pick one and pick a good example of where it's bad. I don't know, maybe like uh, the energy stuff, you know, you picked uh, Rick Perry. I'm sure there's like, you could you could make an argument. Someone could put it together, but for the most part, I think he mostly just didn't care. And so, and that's what people point to. They point to staff like that. And they say, see, that was the whole Trump presidency. There's this high turnover rate. They pretend like aspects that are common to all presidencies was like unique to Trump. Like um, most presidencies have a high turnover, not as high as that, but you know, uh, there's always this churn. No one really makes it to the end of uh you know the uh and uh yeah so i think i think and, and so that's the one rant the other rant is 
Trump, the person, he delegates everything. He delegates everything. He wants to be the guy that, you know, knows the best people to hire and just through hearsay can arrive at the correct thing. And that's kind of what that is kind of fundamental to what an executive or a leader should be. All you do is you put the correct people in front of you. Maybe they disagree with each other and then you select the correct thing. So that impulse is more human or something than just this, oh, we have this nameless blob department. And well, well, I don't have to worry about it. that's what they said to do, you know. Um, yeah. So, but but at the same time, he didn't hire the best people for certain categories of things at all, and probably didn't even care. So it's not he wasn't really, you know. I can imagine people that everyone they pick would be good, and that's yeah. not what was happening, you know. But that's what he wants to do. That's what he's pitching himself as. But you know, again, he's winging it. There's the the press is like the prosecution. They want to nail him there, you know, and he's just representing himself in court. And so you yeah. can get away. Uh, you can get away with saying anything about him. And he's just this asshole who shows up re- representing himself in court. And all of a sudden, all these charges are sticking that don't make sense. And now the prosecution has driven themselves crazy thinking, you know, he's a genocide or Hitler. And like, it's, it, and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. Th- so there are two interesting things that fall out of that. Um, one, one with respect to you're talking about the delegation to to mediocrities. I think one thing that he's definitely, I mean, he's he's just straight up never going to get credit for this, but he did bring about peace in the Middle East in a pretty substantial way. Yes, like there are a bunch of countries that reckon like just established diplomatic relations with it, with Israel, um, owing to Jared Kushner's diplomacy. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think and, yeah, I, I think his foreign policy was actually pretty good. Um, yeah, and I think he was trying to. I don't know. I, I I'm pretty attached to pulling out. I get he didn't do it, but I think he was trying to like manage. You have to manage the hearts and minds a bit there, and you can't. I understand the impulse of like not just pulling out, and I think he was trying to say, "Oh, see, I hired all the most hawkish guys, and it didn't work. I tried, and I tried." And I tried, oh, like, but, you know, if, man, if the Senate and the Congress votes that hard, like, they were crashing, passing crazy bills about Russia. They didn't, like, they took away his authority to pull out in certain respects. Like, they, you know, the, there's only so much you could do in one term. Um, yeah. It, there's still no excuse for not pulling out. But it, he, it felt like that's what he was going for, like, trying to say, well, see, I tried. I tried everything. You know, I gave them everything they wanted. Uh yeah, it's it's very interesting actually. I think he's maybe the first president since what like Ford maybe who who didn't didn't start a new war in the Middle East. I'm not even sure about Ford. So, um so and and I mean I think that's actually probably going to be sort of an enduring legacy. The I mean there there was news that came out the other day that Biden had more or less slashed the the middle east policy people may i don't remember whether it was white house staff or i think it was white house staff who were working on middle east and and pivoted them over to the pacific so that was pretty interesting and i don't know that that would have been possible had had trump just sort of passive aggressively at least pulled out of the middle east so that that's interesting um one other thing that that fell out of what you were saying before was the the response of the media to Trump. I mean, it tended to be pretty hyperbolic all the time. And I wonder, I wonder what you think about some alternate world where instead of going out of his way to antagonize the media at every turn, Trump had instead tried to co-opt them, which I mean, you know, frankly, presidents are usually able to do pretty effectively. I mean, you know, Obama was was a media darling throughout his presidency. And I mean, until the end of his presidency, George W. Bush, I mean, really had the media under his thumb. You know, if you look back to, say, 2003, he pretty much co-opted the entire staff of the New York Times. And I, I, I wonder what it would have looked like if Trump had taken an approach like that rather than, I mean, more or less declaring war on them. Yeah, I so my opinion is um so 
people aren't going to like this because it's, you know, I'm just defending him again. And, you know, people are tired of that. I get it. But uh, so, but nevertheless, my take on this is, you know, the media isn't this invisible, you know, animal that just can, oh, well, they just do that. Like they, they made choices in back channels and I, you know, but like they, they consciously decided to play it this way. And I think Trump is would willing to do the WWE thing. And you know, oh, sometimes we play nice. And sometimes we like, I think he wanted to do that. And there was even certain points where it seemed like he was like, wow, really you guys like, <laughs> I, I didn't even what like, you know, he, or he was even, you know, surprised at how things were playing out. But I think his thing is he's really, really tit for tat. And he's never going to drop the tit for tat, you know, mindset. Like if, you know, oh, if they knock me, I knock them. If they say nice thing, like it, and he, that's just, that's just his, he's never going to give that up. That's more, that's like the most fundamental way he plays things. Um, <coughs> if you remember, I'm not sure if people do the Republican primary, a lot of the journalists were saying nice things about him. They're saying, wow, he's, you know, criticizing the Iraq war. Trump would be the best option out of the, and I know you think that was just kind of a troll or something, but I think they weren't aware of the, what Hillary Clinton was angling for. They just like their reaction sincerely in the moment when it didn't matter and when they could react freely was amongst all these guys, Trump would be the best because he's not as much of a hawk and um, he's going to do this thing on trade or whatever that we like. And he's open to being reasoned with. And those things all remained true. And, um, but what happened was when he won the nomination, they, you know, can't talk like that anymore. They have to go in for the kill and they are, they have taken a side and they just thought there's no way he can win. So we can go as hard as we want and lie as much as we want or misrepresent, um, as much as we want, um, because he's not going to win. And after he's gone, he's gone. So who cares? Um, but you can't back out of that once you've done it. You can't say, oh, sorry, guys. I was just, you know, like Kamala on Colbert. Like, oh, I said I believed Biden's accusers, but it was just an election. Like, you can't, as the press, you can't really do that. Like, you can't just say, ah, well, I was saying Trump was this dictator that's going to nuke random people. But eh, the game is the game. Like, they, they, can't, they, almost, they, they almost did at one point, though. Like, uh, I think his first State of the Union or possibly when he announced that he was going to like shoot missiles at some Middle Eastern country. It, yeah, it was one of those. They're like, oh, no, wow. No, yeah. Trump if, became president, you know? No, no. Yeah. If, if, if he was willing to do a war, they would have been on his side. And um, like, it, there's no question. But that's the thing. Like, if he really was this like media whore who just wants approval from all sides, he could have just done, gave them the war. Um, and he was willing to just. I don't know to just say no. Um, and other presidents, they can't say no. And he, he, when it mattered, he, he said, no, he's willing to put on a show. He's willing to drop bombs and uh, play the game a little bit, but he, he held firm and he could have, I don't know, imagine an even naughtier way he could have played this. Imagine he did a war with China or like a, a super inflamed cold war. What if he day one, he recognizes Taiwan he starts acting all aggressive <laughs> oh, and he God. dares and then they then they overreact then he just lets people react to that he could have just done that like wh- wh- why not and then everyone goes crazy anti china and who is the only guy talking donald trump and now everyone has to be on his side and if the press doesn't play ball now oh the enemies of the people and all this shit man it things are on fire and he's the guy in charge he, if if he wanted to he could have it wouldn't have been that hard within, you know. Are you suggesting what, that Trump should have acted or, or could have acted more like a, a typical president? <laughs> he, I, I'm saying even he, he didn't even have to do it in the way of just doing what the press wanted and doing war. He could have also been naughty in the way people accuse him of being and gotten even more power. Uh, I don't know. and But yeah, he, he, I think people don't realize he had a lighter touch than he was portrayed to have. Um, because he kind of knew they're on his case and he has to just kind of let them 
<laughs> tire themselves out or something or just kind of like uh, just poke at it and just keep going like and i don't know um uh so it, it is true he could have had the press on his side but after everything they did you would have had to have given them something to and they really wanted the war stuff like i don't know it's sometimes it almost feels like that's the main thing they want in general um and uh at least that's what it seems like from how they react to certain things and where they throw down and who's in who's out but um you know there's no yeah. way to like definitively prove that you know i guess but it and then it, and then it feels like you're giving trump too much credit because he didn't pull out and he still did a bunch of war shit so you know i don't know yeah i don't know either i mean i i guess i sort of view the press as but i mean if you're a president it, it feels like the press is a pretty cheap date but really hard to say so and and like maybe not not in currency that trump was was willing to pay as you say uh, also there is a certain angle where you have to learn to not need them i don't know if he out of wisdom he wanted to show us that but how it played out is this was a very instructive episode um you get to see the null hypothesis of like what if we just ignore the press because before you're mistakenly thinking that engaging with the press and the games of media is 100 percent of what politics is but he, he, he was an example of like what if you just do that as awfully as possible, but are good at the fundamentals, what happens? And he still um, won the presidency. He still did all right with his record. Um, so it's not the case that you should always play the heel, but it is a good, like by maxing that out, by doing such an extreme version of that, you can see like just instructively maybe that, Hey, maybe we can just like ignore them sometimes, or maybe when it feels like the world is going to end and they're really, really honest, maybe we can just keep going. And it's not everything because that's what it felt like to all presidents. Like they, that, like things were on fire. Even Obama felt like, like was obsessed with the press attacking him um, or cr mildly criticizing him, um, even though he was having a comp comparatively easy time. It still felt like a crisis. Um, and I, I just feel like the president is the fucking president. He shouldn't have to feel like it's a constant, you know, fucking everything is on fire just because like some, you know, midwit reporter like isn't nice to them. Like it, it's all out of whack. They are like or these the Dem, the Dem primary debates. It was kind of gross to me. Like they if you have all these people that they they're going to one of these guys is going to be president. And the moderators are like bullying them around or like, no, no, no. And like, and who's, who's in charge? Who's, you know, I don't know. And I, I do really think they need to be, oh, I don't know how else to say it. They need I to be put in their don't. place kind of, and they need to, you know, I, I get that they perform a necessary function, but they've, I don't know. They've gotten kind of full of themselves. I don't know. I, I personally don't mind politicians being bullied. I but, understand that but <laughs> we need lockers for everybody on stage. I, I, just, I understand that, but the, the, not, not from them. I would prefer if like voters yeah. were like really giving them a hard time or something or like, I don't know, stuff like that. Like it, I feel like there was, there's always been, as long as there's been TV, like town halls where they just have like normal people asking them stuff, but it's not so much the scrutiny. Um, it's, it's the, little managed made up scenario where yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And just how naturally they fall. Oh, I'm the one that asks the questions and I'm in charge. And then, then, then like be nice to teacher. And like, I, I just don't like something. Yeah. Like that, no, no, no I, I agree with that. So, okay. So like Trump, Trump's out of office. Um, and it seems like there's sort of a civil war in the Republican party right now. What, how are people reacting to that? I mean, uh, again, I, I think that you're in a probably much more of a right wing part of Twitter than I am. And definitely that, you know, like online right wing Twitter rather than, rather than basic bitch stuff. So, I mean, like how are people reacting to uh, everything that's going on? I mean, it sure seems like 
the establishment is trying to push back pretty hard and, you know, maybe the party splits and it's a question who actually keeps the existing Republican infrastructure. Does, does that seem right to you? Um, <clears throat> so I saw, well, during when stuff was happening, you know, I did see people like, you know, dramatically vow to destroy the Republican party for this. And, uh, there's a lot of that going around and there's a lot of, uh, people who have built their identity around this and like uh, that are kind of being starved of, of their air. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, when you, when you lose, it's never f- fun. Um, they, people, you know, obviously didn't like this very much, but um, it feels like it's not lingering as much as the opposite party, you know, from what I remember for 2016, um, like, I don't know, it got kind of crazy there (laughs) for like three years. I don't know. Um, but uh, I I feel like people have, are done being freaked out for the most part. It seems like every, everything's like died down a bit. Um, but I don't really know because there's not, (laughs) I think, having having trump so everything's so tied up with trump because you know it always returns back to to talking about him especially in politics but uh, you know they got they got this guy that people had to talk about every day every day every day for free um and they just had to like marginally orient around that um but without having this figure to comment on for fun every day like it's you know what do you do you know and you just still think these things but you just think these things and now you know like you got like these mega i don't know senators or whatever but all they do is like complain about tech over and over again and like what what is there for all these people to you know so you can you can you can complain about Biden when things happen, but that's about it. Um, so there's not as much, you know, energy. I don't know. There's not as much to be excited over or it doesn't feel as big, um, but it doesn't really feel like they're, um, I don't know. There's a lot of people still around, but um, obviously it's a lot different. Um, I think, I think the, you know, the reaction to, all this is mostly over as far as like being upset um, for the most part. People are still upset, obviously, but I don't know. Um, I don't know if I'm making sense here. Um, Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty anti people building identities around politics generally, especially politicians. Definitely. And, and it seems like maybe there was a lot of that, that, that went on on your side. I mean, not, not you in particular, like you, you, seem to have a very vibrant life. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, and I, I don't know. Um, so, so I can see people sort of, I, I don't know, just feeling a little bit lost. I, I definitely get that vibe in the media generally. Like, you know, there's the, they're, they're re, they've really been hyping the, what's her name? Marjorie Taylor. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Like, and, and it, <laughs> yeah, it kind of feels to me like that's just looking for somebody else that they can, used to replace trump yeah. but like you know that's that's a weak substitute you know i i so i have almost seen like it, it almost feels like i've seen more people say they miss trump not from the right wing than from the right wing um like in a jokey way but still uh and i've seen more people be critical of biden from not the right wing than even the super duper right wing i feel like so i should also say my take on how people in general are taking this um, is that? Yeah, actually, I'd, I'd love to hear that. Like, yeah. what's what's your critique of like so people I, outside of your sphere? Because yeah, you, you've yeah. had a really like mordant critic of well, <laughs> the hero group. Uh, so I've been. Uh, I guess I'll try to focus on what like I what I noticed that I didn't expect um, was people are now a bit more permanently engaged than they were before still casually. Um, so now everyone knows the white house press secretary's name and are commenting on her 
It's very bizarre. No one knew, like no one, no one knows a name of a single Obama press secretary. Like, like you can't name a single one. You can't name any of these Obama people. I can name Ari Fleischer. Was he Bush? I don't know. Um, but I, 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 I could, I could name some Obama people, but I can name less than Trump, even me, you know, um, not that I was like super, you know, that I know everything or anything, but I, um, you know, I, if all of Obama's picks, you can, most people can't name very many of them, but all of a sudden they knew every single Trump guy, they knew everyone's names they knew, but so a little bit of that has lingered and people are totally calling Biden on things. They're saying, wow, he, he said he would do this, but instead he did this. Oh, wow. He's, you know, misrepresenting the CDC director and just pretending like he meant something else. Oh, wow. He's there, you know, every step of the way they're pointing it out. They're calling him on it um, all on their own. They, it's not even the right wing. Just Pete and there even the reporters have been kind of pushing him more than I thought they would. They're still, you know, not as much as they should, but um, I don't know. I've been impressed that people are like kind of, I don't know. They're just naturally casually uh, criticizing him step for step. Um, and uh, in a lot of cases, stuff that I don't even comment on, like, I'm just like, wow, people are still talking about this. Like I, I no, to me, it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I've, I've been so, you know, such a commenting so much on politics that I feel like if I complain about every little thing the press secretary says, it's like, come on, man, give it a rest. Like, it's already over. Like, you know, and so I kind of like avoided it a bit. And then everyone I'm following that's not even right wing is still commenting on it. Um, yeah. And I'm just like, damn, like, what? I don't even have to say anything. Um, that's what I feel like I, you know, what's, I still, you know, I'm Twitter's fun. And I like doing that, but, um, for the majority of the stuff, I don't even have to say anything. Um, and I'm used to, you know, I have to say something because no one's noticing this thing. And I feel like I don't feel that as strongly now. Um, that's, uh, so good for everyone. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, it's interesting. I actually, I was, I was surprised um, when I, the other day I was at work and instead of working, I, um, I, I saw that there was a white house briefing going on and, and even the reporters there were, were surprisingly, I don't want to say critical and definitely not hostile, but putting the, the press secretary in what sounded like kind of a defensive position and actually asking reasonable questions. And, and, you know, like you, you see other stuff, like there was like that magazine shoot with Kamala Harris's adopted daughter or whatever that was stupid but um yeah overall i I don't know it's been pretty interesting like i i think people i was expecting media to spend a lot of time rolling over with biden and i just think there's not that much enthusiasm like even even past the first week like i understand his approval rating is maybe in the 50s and i think you know actually but is it lower I supposedly this stat might be bad guys like stats are so such bullshit so but i feel like i saw a few times people say his approval rating is possibly lower than trump or it's lower than any president's like coming into office like coming into a long time or like it's it's just weirdly low and possibly lower than what was normal for trump or i don't know something like that but that might be not true or maybe it was just based on one poll and you know, uh, so I don't take that too seriously, but, uh, yeah, cool. So, all right. You, you said that like, you feel like your job in the past was to say things that other people weren't saying. Um, is there, is there anything that you do feel like people aren't paying attention to that, that maybe they should be? Um, I guess, uh, in economics terms, like the marginal utility isn't really worth it anymore. Let's put it that way. Like, obviously, you could always, um, you know, be more with it or something, or like, you know, no, you know, this really is worse than Trump, you know. But I, I don't know. Um, as far as politics go, anyways. Um, but it's not that it's my job. It's just that I just get really annoyed or something. Um, yeah. And uh, I, uh, I, I feel like I would prefer people 
no notice more still, but I feel like it's the setup is already that like it, it, even the just all the normal people they if they really believed all that shit about Trump and then they noticed Biden do something worse like I don't know I feel like Biden is boxed in now because after having given people that impression you've kind of like I don't know you've kind of led people on um, a bit and it's just setting yourself up to you know when you do anything at all people are like hey that's well, Trump did that hey that's worse than Trump like it's just so easy to just do that um, uh, but I don't know I it, and also it's only been a few months so I don't know I, I, I'm and I'm kind of recharging a bit there yeah um, good you know so I don't know yeah Oh, cool, man. Well, uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pull up Twitter for a second. I think sure. people had some questions. Um, sure. do this in real time. I, I guess I could have left this window open, but I didn't. And, and that's just fine. All right. So questions for Tao. All right. Uh, Joel suggested you say nothing for 10 minutes and then just say, Hey guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so let's do uh what do you think of compressive clothing? What is compressive clothing? Um I don't know either. I assume that's like <coughs> I assume that's like under armor, I guess, maybe. Um and uh, I don't really have thoughts on that, I guess. I, I I bought some because of how cold it got in my room for a while, uh and then I ended up not needing it, but um I don't know, I don't really have thoughts on that. Um Okay. <laughs> Cool. Sorry, Barbara Ganesh. Um, okay, wait. Obvious thing that I should have asked you about that I didn't. Sure. If Nixon were president right now, what would he do? Um, <coughs> I feel like people ask me that a lot. I, I don't oh, know. Okay. I, 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 no, no, no. I don't mean that as in like I don't. I, I, uh, it's I the obvious just, question, you know. <coughs> yeah, I, I, I have to give the answer that. And almost anyone would give, which is, uh, I know it's not satisfying, but I I feel like he was a man of his time. Um, and he, I don't know if people know this, but his brother died from drinking non-pasteurized milk, you know? Um, No shit, really? Yeah. Like, uh, so it's not that he, and even for his time, he was kind of like dealing with, I don't know. He was out in the boonies a little bit, kind of, he was still in a nice neighborhood, not a nice neighborhood, but he used he wasn't like super duper poor or anything. He was fine, but it was as, you know, civilization was spreading to California. You know, he still faced things that were, you know, I don't know. But anyways, he, he was still a man of his time. And I don't know. It's if you go too far back in time and just pluck someone out, it's hard to control for what was of their time, you know? Um, yeah. And, uh, and, uh I, because, you know, you can't really, he had parts of him that were willing to flirt with non-conservative things, but at the same time, that was normal for his time, you know? Um, so to pretend like he would just be, you know, super different than everyone else when for his time, he wasn't in that regard, like, that's not really fair, even if it would make him look better. And, um, and, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like you can <laughs> see what he stood for and what his like nature was, but you can't really, I feel like you can't really pluck him very easily and just say what, what he would do. Um, and yeah. I know that's, that's not satisfying. That's the least satisfying thing I could say. But <laughs> I, no, it's, I mean, it's an interesting thought, right? Like some of these historical cases where it's like, you know, like, you pull somebody out of history and say like, well, this is a doctrine that somebody had and this is how it would apply here. I don't know. I, it, it seems like there is a lot of judgment that, that really is bound up in contemporary events and your conception of the world. And I mean, I, I think about, you know, even my past self, if you were to put me in control of, you know, some important office in the nineties, I, I think just seeing, you know, what America is today versus what it was then and, and yeah. how society has evolved really makes me think that that my actions would be almost sort of alien to people in the nineties. Yeah. And you know, if, if you came, if you came to 20, 
whatever it is, 2021, with the sort of mindset that you would get growing up in the United States and in the early 20th century, I, I, I think just your entire worldview in some really subtle but but profound ways would be so alien that, that you might have a hard time even getting up to speed. So yeah, cause, no, cause, no, that's cause, real. Yeah, because like back then they didn't even have stats really, or it sucked, and now we have like advanced econometrics and like oh it turns out all that was well bullshit. for whatever that's worth yeah i know i know but you realize that a lot of the stuff they had then was like methodologic methodologically unsound um or things that are like popular amongst wonks now would have never been on anyone's radar that long ago like, <laughs> modern you know, econometrics that sounds like methodologically <laughs> unsound with more steps yeah no even so i, I know what you mean but but still like i i um, and certain policy shit that's like fashionable now wouldn't have ever been on anyone's radar back then. Like if, if the decisions they made back then, people don't really realize that they, they were kind of winging it. They didn't have, I don't know. They didn't know they were wrong about certain things. Um, and I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, especially Nixon, because he wasn't, he wasn't super duper an ideologue. Um, he was a player in the game. And yeah. uh, so it's not like he wrote some manifesto and like, oh, let's see how this ideology, the guy who made this ideology would react in this you know, situation. It's more like he was a player in the game and how would he play the game now? And it's hard to say just because you can't really imagine that uh, how um, plucking, plucking a player in a game and moving him somewhere else. Like it's hard to imagine that. And he was you know to his he was willing to be very creative so it's even harder to judge what he would do i don't know yeah cool um well all right we're also yeah, also on. w- w- one last thing about him so so a lot, another thing is people don't realize that i think the senate was like they had 56 democrat votes in the senate while he was president um so even a lot of the things he was willing to cut deals on was because the house and Senate were just so overwhelmingly Democrat. Yeah. So it's, and that also kind of makes the impeachment look different because like, why wouldn't they impeach him? They have the votes to do whatever they want, you know? Uh, But yeah, anyways. Yeah. Although I mean, that seems like sort of a different time too. Yeah. You know, in the, in the seventies, like, Nobody had been impeached since what Johnson a hundred yeah, years yeah. ago. I, so it, I, I think it feels like less of a reflexive thing. No, definitely, like, definitely. Trump, yeah, man, impeach him twice. You know, I mean, that's that's yeah, pretty wild. I, 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 definitely, but it still gives it a different angle. Like, um, yeah, yeah. Although, and also, I mean, parties at that point were sort of weaker organizations too. You know, yeah, and more ideologically diffuse. Yes. So, man, okay. Um, well, so we're, we're over an hour at this point, which is totally fine. I mean, I, I got nothing else to do today, but Same maybe we should, maybe we should wind this down. Um, d- is there anything else that you want to talk about or anything that you want people to know since you've got a platform? Um, uh, <laughs> I, I can't think of anything. No. Um, I, I guess, um, uh, from what I was reading in the, and the what were people were applying to um i should mention um you know the yimby stuff is good it's number one thing for that people that should be done um as far as politics goes that's the number one policy that should yeah. be done i feel like people don't really fully realize that or sometimes how people reply to me there it's like you guys do know that this is like the number but yeah but i guess besides that not not really um yeah and yeah I, also i should say i'm you know uh i know everyone's tired of the politics you know i'm sorry um <laughs> and uh, are they ah I, I, I think so i don't know that was the longest election ever um and on some level people are tired of all that and you know i'm sorry for <laughs> always you know yeah yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I hope they're tired of it. Um, can you get back to, to just business as usual and people can like chill out? It'd be great. I, I would love it if politics became uncool again and, and people just stopped paying attention. I I mean, man, I remember growing up in the 90s and, and only really 
really strange people who are involved in politics, right? Like you wouldn't talk about politics as a party. Like people, no people, people would find that very strange and, and, and pretty off putting. So if we can return to a norm like that, that I think would reflect real progress. So, um, I realize I've undermined that goal entirely by chatting about youth politics for an hour, but even so. (sighs) All right, cool. Well, um, I, I think ending by condemning ourselves and condemning anybody who's listening to a discussion of politics for an hour is a pretty good way to end things. Uh, Tao, thanks for, so much for for coming on. It's really good to chat with you. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I feel like these rants, you, you, everyone's probably heard that, them from me before. So, um, you know, sorry for, yeah, sorry for Stop politics for now. God damn it. No, no. The I could robot platform is stop apologizing for everything like you and moon, man. Like I, I do, you know, I have a giant nerf gun that I got specifically to shoot Solentilechia whenever she unnecessarily apologizes for things. I feel like <laughs> uh, I need I to get something that. like that for everybody else too. like people just do it. Oh man. Anyway. Um, all right, that has been Terrible Tau. Um, Turrible Tau, Turrible underscore Tau. He has a substack, turribletau.substack.com. And uh, he is single, so hit him up. Thanks, bud. Yep. Take care.